This is Angela with Danceable Thoughts, and this is our weekly podcast. Hear it tonight. Use it tomorrow. Reviving this. We haven't been doing as many of these. It's been a little bit of a challenging time, to say the least, for you guys out there in education world, dance studio world, really facing lots of changes. And I didn't feel like I had as much to contribute for you guys because I'm not there on the front line like you are. But in this episode, like I said, this is season three and episode nine, we're going to talk about new strategies for preparing for performances, contests, that type of thing. One of the things that I feel like has become most important to all of you is the use of video. I was really reviewing my own past with the element of video was not important to me. Um, it was, first of all, it wasn't a tool that I used very much. It wasn't really at my fingertips as it is now. It's certainly easier for you guys. It's become a main way of communicating now uh, where in my day uh, when I was in the stone ages of a dance girl team directing it was a luxury to take a video it was a luxury to show the video it certainly wasn't easy to always distribute the videos but now it is an integral part so this is where my conversation with you today is going to be is about using video in a different way so of course I know that many of you have had to use this as a way to communicate with your team to communicate choreography to communicate corrections which is beautiful because at this point the kids are very comfortable with the technology what i wonder is how comfortable they are truly analyzing their own achievements now we all know that they know how to filter an image they need uh, no instruction whatsoever on how to add those kinds of uh, you know gimmicky stickers and fun things like that they totally know how to play with it but do they know how to look at their own recorded work and analyze it. So what I would say to you is if you haven't already, I think you should really give them a strategy each time you send them a video, whether it's a team video or it's a correspondence in um, on an individual basis, I'd love for you to think about working from the bottom up. It's easy to think about that. We are dancers, and what do we think all the time about dancers and their feet? Well, so why don't you think about a strategy with the kids where you say, I'd love for you to watch this video. Let's say they're watching a group video. Ask them to look for precision in that sense of the way their feet are is you know they can watch the video and say okay look and see are people closing their feet completely are they working with turnout consistently do you see that some people are you know using their feet in a different little pattern for the prep than you are then you go from looking at the group and the group's execution to looking at the individual execution this is probably where you have to remind them of some basic technical things that they might want to do talk about looking at their feet and in the sense of are they rolling in are they rolling out do they have a tendency a lot of kids have a tendency when they're prepping for pirouette to let one foot almost invert so you might look at that you can also talk about their feet when they are elevated off the floor do they uh, you know spring into an elevated jump and they have a sickle in their feet or are they getting the alignment from the middle of their ankle through the middle of their toes so you can talk to them about that you can also talk about the the ends of any leap shape what do their feet look like at the end of the shape? Long and pointed, flexed, inverted. There's tons of things to do. So when you give them a focus 
for watching the video. They're going to see it a little bit differently than if they're just looking to see if they look cool and look as good as everybody else on video. So I want you to really think about helping them find the foot perfection, if you want to think of it that way, that you need for them to have in technical execution and also from a precision point of view. That real idea of precision works for any style. You know, I'm talking things technique-wise, but when you think about a palm, a hip-hop, of course jazz, in the contemporary and in modern, we want them to know the foot placement, when the feet are closed, when they're wide, when they're narrow. So working from that base is a first level of, of awareness for the kids when they are looking at a video. Secondly, you can move up. This is very much the same way you clean things, if you want to think about this too, from your director's point of view. Then move up to the move up to the elongated shapes in their knees, um, the placement and rotation of their legs in any gestured leg movement, where they're kicking, tilting, they're in a leap, they're in all the second turns. Look at the alignment of the legs and look at the shaping of the knees. This is going to be probably something that you get more out of than they will as a student because that's a pretty intense detail. But you can certainly start talking, you know, how many times have you heard on a critique tape, you know, lengthen behind your knees, straighten out, especially in jumps. So you might be able to really help them see what they mean when they hear, what those judges and adjudicators mean when they say things like lengthen behind your knees. And then it might be, a springboard for you to do some simple exercises with the kids fully working to extend behind those knees and elongating through the legs because a lot of the kids they get so into what their upper body is doing the spring the energy the push that they miss that fine detail again talking to the kids again thinking about looking at videos of themselves when you moved into the torso I, I've used this analogy all the time or this teaching tool all the time Please teach them about the rectangle of their shoulders and their hips and allow them to see whether their shoulders and their hips are um, aligned correctly. Are they nice and straight? Is their posture good and tall? Are they tilting? Do they have an extra twist in their rib cage? And all of those little details, first they can look at it in comparison to their teammates or their or fellow performers. They can also look at themselves to see because when they, especially when they want to turn, they want to know why they're not able to get as many rotations. They want to know why they look differently. Well, that foundation, shoulder, shoulder, hip, hip, gives them so many revealing clues about how stable they are as it is. Of course, we know um, there would be Luna barking in the background for you. We know that when you've got that nice stable core, that that's going to keep that alignment in place and that's going to again springboard you into success in all types of elongated extensions jumping turning that type of thing but when you tell the kids looking at those four corners that's going to help them see their bodies in a different perspective they don't even have to necessarily um, look at themselves in comparison to a fellow performer or a teammate they can look and say oh you know what i do dip my left shoulder i tend to twist a little too much and and from that you help them understand oh it's because you're not holding your core so i'd love for you and your team to look at that rectangle then of course we talk about arms you really can see arms well on video you can't see the full extension sometimes of the elbow through the wrist through 
through the fingertips to get long, pretty lines. But you can definitely see angles. Hello, geometry class. You can see when we're not matching each other. You can see when somebody is hyperextending. That's one thing that I think video could really enhance for all of us is really becoming aware of not just how it feels for me individually to move, but how I have to adjust to match the ensemble. So moving them up. And of course, head focus turn. Um, finalizes that is the you know just like your your thinking the the thoughts and that's where your brain centric is where your eyes go tends to be where your leaps go where your turns go and it's also where your audience goes so you can teach the kids to watch an ensemble and watch their heads turn and realize that if the ensemble turns their head super sharp the audience gets that same energy that where the eyes go the body goes where the audience goes Final thought on video because I'm just really, really thinking about using this as a tool. And this is to all of my friends who are still living in the crazy unknown of will we get shut down? Will we have a problem? I think that I would in, I would introduce this concept with my kids. And I'd love to hear if any of you do decide to do this or you're already doing something similar to this. I think that I would probably set up at the end of the week... Every week, I would set up a, a formalized video session so that, for one, you'd have an amazing way to track the progress of any piece of choreography, the way it improves over time. But you would have a video should you need to submit something in a virtual context because your kids couldn't perform. I think there's some value to this because it would really get the kids in the mindset of switching from practice mode to performance mode. One of the things that I think is, is good about this is that you would, I'm gonna say, get that serious tone to your rehearsal, okay? If you've got the costumes, put the costumes on, or maybe even develop the costumes in stages. Do a video in all black. Simple, simple, simple. Of course, the virtual contest, you'd want your best video, but at the same time, if you get stopped in two weeks into practice and have to miss a week of practice, it'd be nice to have that, uh, that marker, okay, that says, this is where we were a week ago, and here's my plan for going forward as a planning action. But also, like I said, if you end up having to submit a video, you have a quality video to submit. So this would take a little bit of planning in your time schedule. Don't forget, you don't want them to just, okay, this is the one for the video. I would be serious with them. I'd say, okay, um, this, you know, you know that Friday afternoons, we're going to do video. Or if you get to have a Saturday rehearsal, we're going to do video. Please bring the correct things to do your hair the way it needs to be. I would not make them do full makeup because full makeup is probably never going to show up on video at the distance in which you need for the whole group. But I would say dark lipstick whatever your dark lipstick is, so you get a little definition to their face. But definitely, definitely, the hair back, however you wear it, um, correctly placed. And also, it would be amazing to get them used to doing their hair correctly and making sure their hair stays the way you want it to be and seeing how the hair, if you're wearing it down, affects the choreography. Same thing about their attire. It's, um, you know, straight, straight black, simple, no cover-ups is a great way for you to see technically what they're doing. I know we let them wear um, shorts or t-shirts or half tops, that type of thing. But once you get them into that formal look, whatever it is, where they all look exactly the same, differences, of course, emerge. And you'll be able to see that. Let's hope that in your video, 
you're not going to show anything to the judges or adjudicators that you don't want them to see. But again, this idea of this formal Friday or whatever you want to call it, video, video Saturday, would make for a really great motivational arc for your week. I know what it would do to me, okay? I, I'm notorious. I can, I can admit freely I was notorious for changing choreography, modifying choreography. I always wanted that next level of intensity or symbolism. What could I add? What could I subtract? What could I fine-tune? Well, it would keep me on track. I think it would really keep me on track to know at the end of the week I had to have a video, that was suitable to submit. So it will really push me. So again, those of you that are like me, that are on constantly letting your choreography evolve, maybe your choreography is not even finished, I feel like you could still video in a formal fa in a formal fashion. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Something is better than nothing. You don't want to say, I have nothing to turn in if I had to go virtual. You want your kids to have that sense of importance in every performance, and I think this is an idea that is really worthy of your time. Again, it will take pre-planning. You cannot spring it on your kids and it will take repetition. You're going to have to do this two or three weeks in a row and you've got to be disciplined enough to not skip over it so that the kids get into it. And then I think, I'm just, ex, you know, extrapolating here, but I think that if you did this, by the time you get to live performance, it's going to be faster and easier for them to get into performance mode because they've been in, let's say, little mini rehearsals of switching to performance mode. I'm not going to get into it in this conversation as much as I might in a future conversation with you on here at tonight, use it tomorrow. But the other thing I want you to think about with your kids and start really promoting with them is the idea of projecting their energy. It's going to be so much, you know, one of the biggest things we've been worrying about, and I've talked about it before, was that the kids have sort of lost their ability to project. Well, now they're behind mask. Now they might be on video. They might be on video from a distance to get a large group. And so for them to project their energy and excitement and performance, they're going to have to exaggerate and amplify it. So why not get them used to doing that on video? Let them see, okay, you thought you were giving 100%, but look how flat it comes across on this video if it comes across flat, and you'd say, all right, so how do we do it? Do we energize? Do we punch harder? Do we be more precise? Do we exhale harder? Do we lift up a little bit higher? All of these things are going to eventually train them to be better live performers. I really think this is going to work to their advantage. And you using these weekly milestones, okay, goalposts, however you want to think of them, uh, to video, I think will be a way to teach them to see what you have been seeing when you've been sitting at the top of the stands for years and years and years in rehearsal. And for those of you that used to complain all the time, hey, my, my team just doesn't, doesn't always turn it on like they need to. Well, you're going to give them a weekly opportunity to go from practice dancers to performance dancers. So this is just my weekly thought about how you would um, use the craziness of this situation to turn your students into better dancers. I hope you'll take these ideas and you will think them through and you and your dancers will dance them out. 
just looking forward to getting you through this new contest season. Reminding you always, if you want to contact me, you can reach me at Angela at DanceableThoughts.com. Looking forward to hearing from you and looking forward to supporting you and your new adventures in this uh, unprecedented contest season.